Good morning, Lydia House. Thank you. That felt good. To you who are here and to you who are there, we're glad to greet you on this chilly morning. Nice to be inside. Yes. And we're going to have a scripture reading as we begin here. Gideon has a scripture that he's going to read for us. So... It's from Philippians 4, verse 4 and following. Okay, Gideon. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pet... Supplication. Yeah. Pet Petition. Yeah. Petition. 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 With thanksgiving, present your request in God and the peace of God, which transcends. Transcends? Yes. Yes. Uh, all understanding with God, your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Okay, announcement time. Thank you, Gideon. Excellent job there, my man. Welcome, everybody. Great to see you. Our last Sunday before Advent, if you can believe that. Next oh, wow. Sunday is Advent already. Anybody ready for Thanksgiving yet? Yes. <laughs> good, good. Anybody a little stressed out this time of year, maybe? A little bit? Well, hopefully we can practice what we learned about that verse and live in the peace of God and not let, because even good stress can be problematic, right? Stress about good things is what I mean, you know, like we're planning a family meal or hosting a family meal. So just relax. Your family loves you even if the turkey is 20 minutes too done or whatever it is. It's okay. Everyone will be fine. Turkeys or tacos? Turkeys. Are you going to have tacos for Thanksgiving? No. That would be interesting. Uh, we, we did do Mexican chicken once for Christmas, which was a surprise to everyone when we showed up where we were going. It was, but it was good. It was delicious. No, it was just different. <laughs> it's just different. Right, right. Um, so a couple of quick announcements other than it's Advent next week, which doesn't really mean anything different for you other than I expect ugly Christmas sweaters, at least occasionally, <laughs> during the next month. Or it'll just be weird not to have any of that. I think, yes, it is. The offering box is back there for tithes or offerings. You can also give online. Uh, feel free, those who are watching online, email us prayer requests. Email us ideas. Email us anything you want, really. And uh, we're happy to get back to you. And uh, the tech team is going to be having a meeting sometime soon. Talk to CJ. He's in the booth back there about that. Uh, and then we have some prayers to do. 
Uh, but before we get to that, we want to get to something very belated, which is that uh, someone was baptized among us a year and a half ago. I'm looking at Audrey. Do you remember that? It was a while ago. So I got a gift for you back then, and it didn't come in for a while, and then there was this pandemic thing, and then all of a sudden it's been a really long time. <laughs> so if you want to come up, we have this gift. Paul's going to hand you. Sure, and Brent, you could come up. Anybody else who wants to come up could also come up. We just wanted to give this to you to honor you and... Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here for your baptism. And if you want to open it up just real quick, I, your name is engraved on there. That's how you know I got this a while ago. It actually has your name on it. It says Princess Audrey Wallace. <laughs> I like the princess thing because just in case the, the devil ever or the world ever helps you to forget who you are, you can look at the word of God and remember who you are. So I know it's a little bit late, <laughs> but God bless you, and let's pray for you. Yes. And I'll, I'll start, and somebody else can finish if they want to. Lord, thank you for Audrey so much, and thank you for bringing her in to your kingdom, and thank you for bringing her here to be a part of this yes. family. And I know it's been a rough year and a half or so since that <laughs> baptism happened, and thank you for bringing her through and that you're going to be bringing her on into better things and deeper things in you. And I pray that you would uh, open up that word yes. to her heart, yes. that yes. your spirit of revelation would be on her every single Thank time she reads you. that Bible, or obviously any Bible, um, <laughs> that you could just be speaking your truth to her more yes. and more and yes. helping her to have that same truth then to speak to other people. Yes. And it's already true, Lord. We are always, always blessed when she comes to our women's prayer uh, time. Uh, the word, your word is ingrained in her heart, in her mind. And, and you know, from the river's flow, your word flows from her uh, in a powerful way. And we thank you that this is going to continue. And uh, in, in their marriage, Lord... May it be just powerful to see how God's grace is strong and powerful. Do you have a prayer? Yes. And Lord, I just thank you so much for Audrey's faith. You know, she's gone through lots of up and downs and trials. And just <clears throat> her faithfulness to you, Lord, you know, through all this stuff is just so, it's just such a great representation of you. She's representing you incredibly right. in this world and um gotta keep her keep her close to you and um just keep you know audrey just like keep encouraging and just you know stay on that that journey lord Amen. and thank you and so we say the lord bless mm. you and keep you mm -hmm. the lord make his face to shine on you be gracious unto you the lord look upon you with his favor what could be more wonderful and grant you his peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Glad to have Amen. you guys here. Thank you. Oops, I'm falling over. <laughs> Thank you so very much. I'm very touched by this. This, this made my day. I'm glad yeah. I dressed pretty nice today, though. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank Chris you. and I, we remember the baptism well. We went, uh, it was Lake Johanna. 
We, we went in the water, yes. So we have a lot to pray for. We have a lot of people who are not well. Uh, Tim is home with Ruth. Uh, Ruth is not feeling well, and Tim said, well, I'll stay with Ruth. What a good husband. Uh, so, uh, and then Sachiko just texted Karen today, and Sachiko is not well, and Rod uh, is staying with her. And John, yeah, if you're on, hi. John is getting better little by little. John Abler and Masumi is with him. Are there any others that are, oh, Joel, Joel, I saw him for the first time yesterday. It was so wonderful. At North Heights, there was a funeral, and it was wonderful to see him, and they planned to be here together today, but he wasn't feeling well today. Oh, my. So, yes, wow. So we pray, Father, for these, these that we've just named before you. We pray against the enemy who would discourage their heart when their body is not responding as it should. We say to those bodies, respond. We say to those infections, go away. We say, we say to that temperature, come down. We pray for healing, for wholeness. You promise it to us. You told your disciples when they went out, heal the sick. And so we speak healing in the name of Jesus to Sachiko and John and uh, Masumi and Joel and any others who are, Ruth, who are struggling. We thank you for the fellowship that you've granted uh, to us here. We know you've got a place for us. There's a place for us, and we uh, believe that. And uh, we prepare our hearts, uh, Father, for worship. We thank you for granting us this place, this worship center. And uh, just stop moment, uh, momentarily now just to uh, do a checkup, just a quick checkup of your heart, anything that's out of adjustment, anything that needs change. We confess we don't stare at our sin, but we confess our sin. And then he makes it right. He forgives us. So, Father, forgive us for those unkind thoughts, words, deeds. Grant us strength to live as you want us to live. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your release. We thank you for forgiveness in Christ Jesus. We bless your holy name. Amen. So we have Thanksgiving coming up, so we've got a couple gratitude-oriented songs, followed by a couple pre-Christmas songs. Yeah. That's a thing now. I like it. I decided. <laughs> the first one is by our local psalmist, Kaylee Johnstone. Oh. And she also wrote a new Christmas song that we will do next week. Wow. So look forward to that. This is a song that to me embodies gratitude. Aaron, Naomi. Okay. Got a little accident in the back. 
Hey, you're not the accident, by the way. I was talking about someone. <laughs> you are very welcome to come in, all of you. And we didn't stop playing guitar for you to walk in. I can give you a walking song of some kind. That's a walking song. I just decided that. What's that? Mike's too. There we go. Got it. There we go. All right. Do you think she's okay? Should we? Okay. All right. for our family thank you for our church family thank you for the people that we walk through this life with that you've given to us thank you that ultimately we have all we need because we have you Amen. jesus and that's wonderful that kaylee wrote that really I'm proud of you. Oh. good job 
And it was 100% her. I have no gift of songwriting. I did not help. <laughs> I've prayed for the gift of songwriting for many years. It, yeah, God said, how about I give it to your daughter? And now I'm super happy about that. So. Maybe that's how he answered you. Maybe. Yeah. Praise God. He's smarter than me. She's got a much better voice. This is a Thanksgiving song. It has some of my favorite theology of all the songs we do. Thank you for the cross that you have carried. Thank you for your blood that was shed. You took the weight of sin upon your shoulders and sacrificed your life so I could live. Now nothing is holding me back from you. Redeemer of my soul. Thank you, Lord. Now nothing can hold me back from you. Your love will never let me go. Okay, pause. I want, you, I want us to think about what we're singing. Nothing can hold us back from Jesus now. Amen? Because of what Jesus did on the cross, nothing can hold us back. Our sins don't hold us back anymore. Amen. Because Jesus took care of those on the cross. And so when the enemy whispers to you, you can't come to Jesus because of what you did. You should feel shame instead of joy at being God's child. Don't listen to that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Nothing can hold you back except yourself and your unwillingness to walk towards Jesus. So I want us to sing this chorus again knowing what it means and mean it. Amen? Amen? This is good news, folks. This is very good. Now nothing is holding me back from you, Redeemer of my soul. Now nothing can hold me back from you. Your love will never let me go. Thank you for your death and resurrection. Thank you for the power of your blood. And I am overwhelmed by your affection, the kindness and the greatness of your love. The kindness and the greatness of your love. Now nothing. Now nothing is holding me back from you, Redeemer of my soul. Now nothing can hold me back from you. Your love will never let me go. Nothing is holding me back. Now nothing is holding me back from you. Redeemer of my soul. Now nothing can hold me back from you. Your love will never let me go. Jesus, oh Jesus, you make all things new. 
enough to break every chain on our lives. You've already done it. You've broken those chains of sin. You've broken those chains of our past. I pray that you give us a spirit of revelation to see what you have already done in our lives and what we can already walk into right now. Nothing is holding us back. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to sing the third verse. You're the king upon the throne. Thank you for the way you always loved me. Now I get to love you in return. Sing that again. Thank you. Thank you that we're living in your kingdom. Jesus, you're the king upon the throne. Thank you for the way you've always loved me. Now I get to love you in return. Now I get to love you in return. One more time. Now I get to love you in return. Oh, Jesus, you make all things. You make all things new. Oh, Jesus, you make all things new. Oh, Jesus, you make all things new. 
You make all things new, including me. And oh, Jesus, you make all things new. Just repeat his name, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. the gratitude rise from your heart to the Lord just shout out some of the things that we're thankful for. Testify. For life. Amen. The truth of the gospel. The family of God. Mm-hmm. Amen. The blood that overcomes. Hallelujah. And for strength and health and every good gift from the Lord. Hallelujah. My parents. Family. Just, Lord, thank you for sacrificing, allowing your son to be sacrificed for us, of love for us. How hard that must have been for you to see him suffer. Mm -hmm. We thank you for sending us your son. And as we enter into that season where we pay special attention to that gift, special attention to the incarnation. Pray that you would help us keep our hearts from turning inward, keep our eyes from looking at ourselves and our situations and circumstances, and help us to focus on you and to be so thankful for what you came on this earth to do for us 2,000 years ago. I wait. 
You're like summer in the night The sun goes down but still I feel you And every shadow's turning bright Every broken heart is made new You're not far away, you're coming close And oh, even as I wait, you're coming close There's no space between you and I, you and I. You are closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in, I breathe you in. You are God with us, you are here with us, Emmanuel. Emmanuel, you are infinite, your glory has no end, Jesus, Jesus. You and I, you and I, you are closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in, I breathe you in. You are God with us, you are here with us, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Your glory has no end, Jesus, Jesus. There's no heart unseen, there's no space between you and I, you and I. You are closer than the very oxygen I'm breathing in. Oh, I bring you in. You are God with us. You are here with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel. You are infinite. Your glory has no end. Jesus, Jesus.
You're like starlight in the dark Endless smiles can't conceal you Every glimmer is a spark Catching fire as you break Thank you, Jesus, and we pray that you would guide our hearts to you again this Christmas season as you guided the wise men years ago, that we'd see that light and that we'd come to you anew this year. And if there's anything that is within us that we haven't yet given you as a gift, I pray that you would help us to do that this year, whether it's some sin that you ask us to give you or some failure, something in our past, some desire that you want us to hand over as we give you more and more control over your life. We pray that as you came to us all so long ago that you would come to us again and help us to see that light and follow. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of that idea, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. This hymn's traditionally been sung during or right before Christmas, and so we're going to give that a shot now, even though Hymns isn't the band's normal forte, but I think you all know it, so we're going to sing it along. And Paul's going to help us out, because Paul and Karen are pros. people to deliver. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for coming, and come quickly again. Advent, you know, originally, now we think of it as being a time to celebrate Christmas, which it is, but when the church originally came up with Advent, it was to think about how he came the first time and is going to come again. Advent was primarily a second coming season where the church studied and prayed and sang and asked Jesus to come again soon. So let's weave that into our Christmas tradition, too. Just a couple announcements. Janice has a room uh, in her townhouse that's uh, available. 
and she would like someone to come and rent at her place. The specifics are here. If you uh, can think of somebody, that would be a real favor to Janice. If, so let's try to help find somebody. Karen and I went over to her place. It's beautiful. Where, Paul? Where is it? It is. Centerville? Yes, Centerville. Okay. When she was, she was already getting better. We should have come earlier, but we, she was getting better, but she wasn't quite there. So we had a wonderful time at her place. Uh, and my, what a beautiful decorator. I'm not surprised. I would have expected it from you. And, and sure enough, it was lovely. Uh, it's a shalom house. Yes, shalom. yes, yes. And you go in and you feel it. You feel it. I have an idea about this, the book. I put it out here. What I'm recommending is if you want to read it, you take it. I don't buy many books. And uh, uh, I've, I sent out, with the help of uh, some people like Janice, and uh, yeah, there she is, Amy. Amy came over at our house and helped me, so we sent out about 30 packages so uh, around the country and beyond. But if you want, if you can just take one, write your name down, just take one, and then read it. And if you like it, maybe you want to give it as gifts. Then I'd ask you to pay for one. But you don't have to pay for it now. So but write your name down if you want it. We are delighted. Yes, Amy. Can I say one thing? The books do cost Paul $10 each. So it would be helpful to him if you have the means to be able to, um, to, to help him recover the cost of the book. Can so you I'll say that with love? Okay, <laughs> thank you. It's about Christmas. Okay. It's, a, it's a great title, Unwrapping Christmas, and it tells the uh, stories of people like Zachariah and Elizabeth and that confrontation of Elizabeth and Mary and talks about Joseph and how to hear from God. So it's a teaching book. Uh, and you didn't write it. I wrote it. Oh, you did write it. Oh, gosh. Sorry. I wrote it. <laughs> I preached it for 20 years. You'll remember a few of the things in there. You better remember some of the things in there. <laughs> Who's Rick? Yeah. Rick, somebody on the bottom. Who's that? I, that's why I was wondering. Rick? No. It's Paul. Oh, my eyes. <laughs> Look again. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, I don't know you. Nice to meet you. Allison. Okay. Cool. She's bringing her sister to church. How nice is that? Okay. So. Really good, isn't it? To have Andrew and Larissa and Jovi. Jovi. Hi. <laughs> and Kyla. Hello. I am very proud of Andrew, and I'll tell you why. That uh, while he's doing his work with YWAM, he also decided the Lord had a calling on his life to go to seminary. And so while he's doing his other stuff, he's also going to seminary. And he did it, he did it well, he went to the seminary. I know that seminary. Nate went there. I didn't go there, but I like it. My son went there. 
uh, and uh, called the Master's Institute. Listen to this, though. When he completed that, you'd think that, okay, now I've completed it. Let's go do this stuff. He understood his wife's need to be a part of the, part of the whole package. They went to Montana, where she studied midwifery for a year or so, and now they're on another phase of that, I understand, right? You're, you know, internship kind of a thing? Well, well, why don't why don't you guys just come on up, and then uh, segue? Yeah. So, can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah, I uh, it was three months in Bozeman, just the in-person portion, um, and then in December I'll start um, an apprenticeship under a midwife who does home births in Ohio, and at the same time I'll complete online coursework with the course that we went to in Bozeman, but it's now online. So uh, for about probably two years, depending on how fast I can get through it, but yeah. Do you know anything about this? Do you, do you, do you know? <laughs> what are you doing then? You better find out quick. Yeah, and so how's it been? Time been where you're doing study now, and then she did the study, and you watched the kids, I suppose, mm -hmm. quite often. Yeah, it's it was definitely like an adjustment, like early August, and getting used to being me, the one not going out the door every day. Um, but it's been a really special time for Jovi and Kyla and I. And you wouldn't know it, but like if Larissa wasn't here, they'd be very clingy to me. <laughs> but when she's an option, they're very clingy to her. <laughs> Um, but it's been a special time getting to, like, I think that's a huge pastoral responsibility of helping raise Jovi and Kyla, like, quite hands-on. And it's been awesome to be able to support Larissa in, in this as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Great. So how about you, Sarah, yeah. you come up and pray before uh, the, the mom and the girls sit down, and we'll keep Andrew up here. Lord, we just thank you for this family. We thank you that they are back to celebrate today with us. Um, we thank you for their time in Montana and moving on to Ohio, Lord. We pray um, for the entire family that you would cover them with your love and your peace and that peace that passes all understanding um, throughout each day, that they would walk in joy um, and they would uplift each other in this joy of this new transition, Father. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then after <coughs> Ohio, do you know what is next, or do you not know then? You'll be overseas somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, okay. We, we thought that there's a whole lot I could say, but I wanted to do my apprenticeship overseas, and I, I think that was our plan, but the Lord has shown us otherwise that it's in Ohio, which is really good. Um, this midwife I'll be apprenticing under is the director of the organization I'll be getting my certification through. So it's a good opportunity, but um, not at all what we either either of us anticipated. But yeah, so our plan is that after the apprenticeship, when I'm qualified, we'll be overseas. But we planned that this time too, and God had other plans. So we'll see yeah. <laughs> what happens. Are we very open? He does. That he does. Doesn't he? Yeah. Where in Ohio? Um, of yeah.
So you've got already, you're wired. Was there another step before I speak? Nope. Okay. Go cool. for it. There was, we cut it. Sure. I'd rather hear more from everybody. Okay. <laughs> well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be back with you all. Let's get set up. So yeah, you can kind of hear in our story, there's just a lot of trying to discern with the Lord what we're supposed to be doing and questioning what that means from time to time. And so that's uh, really what this message time is about. Um, I'll do some talking, but I want to ask questions and have you do some talking. And at the end, we'll really kind of break up even and do some discussion times as it pertains to this topic of, yeah, getting discernment, hearing God's voice, uh, life direction, and, and what we do when, when bumps come along the road or huge pitfalls and how we can continue that journey with God. So I'll just pray quick and then uh, we'll get going. Jesus, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we can be gathered here in this place, God, and, and worship you and have fellowship with one another and truly just receive from you, God. So just pray that this time I commit to you and ask that you would uh, just speak to each one of our hearts and inspire and, and lead us and guide us through the rest of this time. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I thought an appropriate title for whatever this is would be Unexpected Journeys. So if you like The Hobbit, that's kind of an homage to, to that. And uh, kind of thinking of it twofold, of faith-filled adventures and like faith-shaking detours, that unexpected journeys can be really exciting and positive, and unexpected journeys can be really devastating and, and some of the worst things that we walk through. So I want to share a little bit about my own story, and you might have heard bits and pieces of it before. Uh, you might know all of it well, if you're Paul, <laughs> and, uh, or it might be all new. Uh, and along the way, I want to just connect back to scripture. And a lot of these Bible verses are going to be uh, verses that are extremely familiar, and uh, just really want to examine them closely and uh, apply them well, that they're not just things to look at on Pinterest or to put on your wall in your den, but to like actually receive and have really guide us and, and impact us in a real way. So I graduated high school in 2012, um, so I'm 28 now. And uh, a few years before graduation, I knew that I wanted to be a part of uh, YWAM, Youth with a Mission. Raise your hand if you know YWAM. So I don't have to get too in-depth into what all the acronyms stand for. Um, I knew I wanted to do a discipleship training school. I had some previous experience uh, with a very short-term team that went to Panama. So I thought this whole organization is relatively unknown to me. Let's just go to the known place. And it didn't hurt that it was really cheap. Uh, one of the cheapest locations to go to within YWAM globally. Uh, so I had this whole process of applying and being accepted and uh, getting uh, enrolled or admitted into their program. And along the way, it felt a little bit like pulling teeth, trying to get information from them of specifics. And then uh, at one point in this kind of waiting period, it was March of 2011. I was set to go January of 2012. And I remember feeling like I should pray about it, which 
is wisdom and um, didn't come from me. And I really felt, you know, like, God, like, should I, am I supposed to go to Panama? And very rarely, if ever, after or before, have I had such a clear, uh, like, voice of the Lord. It wasn't like how you're hearing me, but it, it was such a known sense that this was from God. And it was just two words, New Zealand. And I thought, no, that sounds not like Panama and really far away. And I had no idea about like the beauty of it. I had no appreciation for Lord of the Rings. I had nothing that would have drawn me to want to go to New Zealand. It just sounded bizarre and not my plan was the whole kind of gist of it. So I kind of pulled a Jonah and completely ignored all of that and just kept going pretty stubbornly in my direction. And so again, I'm supposed to go in January. I have the school paid for, ticket, plane tickets are paid for. Uh, the day after Christmas, I get an email saying, uh, the school is canceled because there's not enough participants. And so I literally like dropped to my knees and I gave it to God and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go to New Zealand or wherever else you tell me to go. <laughs> so I had to kind of scramble because the start date was gonna be really quick. So I Googled New Zealand DTS, YWAM, and I found the program um, in, uh, it doesn't matter, in New Zealand. And uh, I went to that one and had uh, all the additional money that I needed to, because Panama, again, was one of the cheapest ones. New Zealand was not. And I uh, had to get additional funds for that. And everything came together um, perfectly to get to, to New Zealand. And I remember doing my application for the New Zealand DTS. It said if after you've done a DTS, you could come and stay on staff. And I, I think I laughed out loud and told my mom, like, who, who would want to do that? And as Paul mentioned, like, we just finished up being with YWAM, and that was like 10 years later. So I stuck around, not in New Zealand, all the time. Um, and it was on my school that just so much life had changed. And uh, I had a good background and a good relationship with God, and, and he really took things even further in that season. Um, and then I was invited to join staff uh, for just another school. And it was before going to that school, I was back home in Minnesota. And again, I really felt like God was, was speaking to me that I was going to meet my wife in that upcoming season. And Larissa was a student on that school, on that second school that I was a part of. Um, and I, I met her, um, but she was just, there was no, yeah. Um, <laughs> She, she was another person in my eyes, and I was another person in her eyes. And then uh, it, it came along to getting to the outreach portion. We, we flew to Cambodia to do some ministry there. And uh, I saw Larissa. We were riding our group. It was like 10 of us on the back of a big pickup truck. They really prioritize safety in Cambodia, and we were riding along. And uh, Larissa started singing this song that I had never heard before because it was in another language. It was in the indigenous language of New Zealand. She was singing the alphabet in their uh, indigenous language. And I had only known her to be um, like insecure and shy and quiet. And then she really caught my attention because she was doing something so out of her, what I thought was out of her character and nature. And um, haven't lost it since. So. <laughs> I, I began pursuing her, though I should not have, because I was the staff and she was a student. 
Um, I thought I was playing it pretty close to the vest, and she was really uncomfortable and weirded out by my um, interest in her and how that came out. Um, and so people familiar with the term friend-zoned? Uh, so if you are wanting to have something become romantic and they say, no, we're just friends, that's being friend-zoned. I was friend-zoned twice by Larissa along like an 18-month period. And so it's an absolute miracle that we're even married, honestly, because she got not as good of a deal as I got. But I'm very grateful that uh, that was like July 2015 that we, uh, 2012 that we met, and we got married February of 2015. Paul officiated our wedding. And so there's, that's the real condensed version. Yeah, we liked it, too. <laughs> and uh, just really seeing God's hand through all that and how he coordinated and orchestrated I didn't have given it a ton of thought, but you just assume as you're growing up, I'll probably marry someone in this region, in this city, from this school, from this church, whatever. And uh, for whatever reason, um, as we're finding out through our marriage, like he, he knew that this would be a really good relationship and marriage and, and uni union of finding a girl from Auckland and a, and a boy from just outside of Minneapolis to to meet and marry and do life together and have family. And have family was exactly what we wanted to do uh, right after being married. And that was something that uh, completely shook us and altered um, really the course that we expected to go on. Um, Jovi wasn't born until like three years into just trying and trying and trying and having a lot of hardship and miscarriage and just difficulty. Um, some really dark seasons in our life have been around that pursuit and just feeling that hope being deferred and, and feeling hopeless. But again, seeing um, the goodness of God even in the midst of trials and, and tribulations and um, yeah, we'll kind of unpack further just his will and the goodness and darkness and evil. and um, So that kind of gathers up these last 10 years for me of, of really seeing my life go in a direction that I, I wasn't fully aware of. Um, I intended just to go for that one five-month season in Panama and then in New Zealand and come back and go to college and get a job and, and go my merry way. Um, and then it really was the Lord who coordinated these things and, and changed uh, brought specificity to the plan for my life that I wasn't expecting. Um, but I'm so grateful. Like, I think there would have been a good life. That was a good life I was pursuing. And, but I'm so grateful for the life that, that he has coordinated, that he has orchestrated. Um, and I'm so thankful for how he has led and, and guided me as an individual, then us as a couple, and now as a family, and continues to. Um, as you can tell, like when Larissa was talking, there's still so much unknown. We know the next step, but we didn't even know this step until like two months ago. And we didn't even know that step until a few months before that. And uh, you have like this sense of kind of the somewhat the destination, but it's such a journey with God of, of determining how those steps are taken. Um, so I, I would leave it open. If someone is feeling bold enough, uh, if you want to share even just kind of concisely uh, a season, about a season, or about an instance in your own life where you just reflect on that and you know that that was God coordinating and orchestrating things. Please feel free to, to share with all of us.
just your journey, you know. Um, and I think what everybody here is on is a journey, right? And it's so interesting. I often think of the Volkers and their choice to, you know, foster and adopt children and all the trials that they've gone through with that and how much they've learned and God has taught them and still God has such a purpose for all that they've learned. And I think of my own life as an athlete and how God's journey for me is just still unfolding and it's it has so much to do with him preparing you, training you. It's like everybody seems to be in graduate school constantly. And then all of a sudden he releases you into a ministry or a calling. You know, I think everybody has a calling, a ministry, mm -hmm. and he's preparing all of us. Nobody's ever going to retire. <laughs> right, Paul? Right? Nobody. Because God still has so much work for us to do. So I don't know. I can share more of my personal stuff, but I, that's what I feel like God's teaching me. Sure. I mean, my husband and I, gosh, we are so different. We have so much, such different callings, but he's like you and your wife, and, but he's, he's somehow bringing you together in it, you know, to further his, his love on this earth, you know, to, to show his glory through our lives. So thank you. That's good. Very good. 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 You know, I love when the Lord orchestrates stuff and you just go, wow, I, you planned it better than I could have. And then right now we're in a season where I'm like, wow, like this is a mess. <laughs> and um, we came back the end of August from an amazing, surreal gift of a trip from our son and got to spend this week for those of you who don't know, I have a son that um, is married to a sweet woman from Colombia, uh, South America. So I have a granddaughter there that we've seen only a handful of times. So I got this precious week with our granddaughter and then came back and got struck sick. And, um, but the, right before we got sick, I had asked the Lord last spring, I said, couldn't I have, and I created my dream job, just laid it out. And we came back in the very first day there it was, my dream job online. And I said, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I want. And I rushed there and I applied for it and I was just sailing high. I'm like, God, you are so good. I'm so ready to do this. And after going through COVID and nearly losing our home, it was like, this is gonna work. You know, these pieces are all coming together. And just praising the Lord, so excited. And one by one, everything was taken away. And I ended up in the hospital. And my kids were afraid I was going to die. And then five days later, I was out and he was in. And I watched everything fall apart. And I thought, wow. <laughs> and through this, it's been, OK, did I hear you wrong? And I can't tell you how much it ministered to me last week to know that the Israelites were led to the Red Sea, led to the Red Sea by God. So I've looked at it and I said, okay, it really can't be about the Red Sea then, is it? 
And I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> I've got some work. We've got some stuff. We don't know where we're going. But this season is teaching me how big God is, how small I am, how high his ways are, how unfathomable. I mean, we just can't imagine. And so it's an all or nothing, you guys. We either decide we're riding with him to the end because there is no other. Who do I turn to? And even no matter what that looks like. So I don't have this great yet. I'm counting that there's going to be something on the other side of this. But in the midst of it, you know, like when they faced the fiery furnace and they said, but even if he doesn't, I'll still praise. And that's what I'm just screaming for everyone to stand around each other. Not just us, but all of us walking through this. And just keep saying, but even if he doesn't, it's bigger than this. It's bigger than what we're in. So right now, as we're watching all the ramifications for everyone, yes, we want to see the promises. We want to see these unanswered things come true this side of heaven. And I believe we will. I believe we will. But even if we don't, we didn't lose. We just didn't lose. I heard someone say yesterday at a funeral, he didn't die. He departed. And he went on ahead. And, and there's got to still be a rejoicing in this journey. And I'm just screaming with us. Let's stand together to make that happen because God designed us to be in body and it blesses and gives glory to his name. It's really good. Thank we're you. talking about un, what was your, what's the journey's name? Uh, unexpected Unexpected, journeys, yeah. yeah, sorry, I couldn't think of the word. Unexpected journey, we of course have a lot, but I like to tell Nate's story because it's funny. Um, <laughs> so I think we were engaged and not married yet. I'm not sure what the story is, so... Yeah, we'll go with that, good. So then I can say whatever I want. So anyway, um, anybody who's met Nate knew he was supposed to be preaching in some capacity from when he was a kid, right? But he didn't know that. Um, so he and I were pre-med when we met. I knew he was going to do something else. He could have been a doctor if he wanted to, but that would have been a waste. And so, you know, you just knew, but it wasn't my place to tell him that. Um, and so we went on our merry way, and we were at least engaged, if not early married, when he's, like, heavy-hearted and, like... It was right after we were married that was first it? summer. Okay, first summer we were married. And he's like, Sarah, I really need to talk to you. I'm like, okay. And he comes, and he's like, so... I feel like God told me I'm supposed to be a pastor. And I go, oh, thank goodness. Because he was so worried that, like, I had like I had this life planned, right, where we were going to be married and both be doctors and yada, yada, yada. And she's a pastor's kid, missionary kid, so she knows what it could be. Mean. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was appropriate for him to be concerned about this. But in my mind, I was like, God, you better just tell him because I'm going to blurt it out eventually and it's not my place to tell him, you know. So I was like, oh, good. And she's like, what? I was like, well, it's very clear that's what you're supposed to do. But it was nice that God told you and not me, you know. So anyway, unexpected for some people, I guess. Yeah. That's good. Thank you for sharing each one. Yeah, I think it's that question of, how how do we respond when we f we're feeling led in a certain way, and how do we even know when we're we're feeling led? Um, so very familiar Bible verses. I don't even have to look it up. Could someone just shout out Proverbs three, five, and six to me? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And 
Well done. <laughs> and then we have another one uh, in Proverbs 16, 9. It says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And I think that's such a, a helpful verse. Like, I think it really speaks to what do I do? What does God do? I think you can have the real spiritual sounding, like hands off thing. I'm just going to let God do. But like, you know, you're, you're making choices for something. Um, and it just sounds good that you're just allowing God to, to move. And the other thing to keep in mind is God's not just going to barge his way. Uh, there's permission that, that he grants us to, to give. Um, and so being able to do our part um, and then not swinging the, the pendulum the other way where we're just, we're only doing and we're saying like, you know, God, please bless this work that I'm planning to do fully on my own and apart from direction from you. And so it's that real discipline and tension, that balance to strike of how much um, and what does it look like for us to do and what does it look like for God to do. And Romans 8.28, can anyone rattle that one off or should I read it? Good. Well done. Yeah, I think that can be um, another one that, that at times we can be tempted, depending on the circumstances or experiences, to just say, oh, it'll work out. Like, God will work it all out. Um, and there is the reality of there is a real enemy that does seek to steal, kill, and destroy. And uh, again, if we're just completely hands off, where we're just like, oh, this must have been God. God must have taken this loved one away. God must have caused this financial hardship to happen. Um, I think putting something on God that we shouldn't necessarily put on him. And it's, it's probably easier to just say it's part of God's mysterious plan and he's got a better purpose for it. Um, easier that way than actually digging into the grief, digging into the emotions, experiencing when life doesn't go right, when you serve a God who's supposed to be good and who's supposed to be blessing you. And I think it's those kind of moments where the rubber meets the road and the challenges come. And like you were saying, to, for life to be spent, uh, or maybe it was you or both, <laughs> in community as a body, um, the more isolated we are, I think the more difficulty, difficulty we have in enduring these hardships and coming out the other side um, still on God's side <laughs> and still um, with our faith at least intact and, and not just blown to shreds. And I think it's, yeah, just that, that question of, we know that God is good. Like that's, that's a attribute of God that we can fully support biblically, that we can accept as Christians. Uh, and we know that God has a will and purpose um, for his creation um, as a whole, for his creation as each one of us as individuals. And again, we may wonder, what, what do we do then when, when life doesn't seem to go right? And I can't pretend to have all the, the neat answers. I don't think it is a neat answer, tidy and clean. Um, but again, it's something for us to endure and to walk through in community. So I'm going to read Psalm 25, 4 through 5. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day long. 
And then another one, Psalm 119, 105. I'm sure someone can say that out loud. Amy Grant sung it a lot. Perfect. And then Proverbs 19, 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And again, I think it just comes back again and again um, to that relationship that we as an individual have with God like has to be first and foremost the thing that we're committed to the most, the thing that we're helping have the most health, um, the thing that we're concerned with most, not in a worrisome way, um, that then as a, an effect of that, that health, I think, affects then all the other relationships, all the other experiences that we have. Not to say that if you have such a solid relationship with God, everything's just going to go right. Like, it's not, it's not necessarily that. Um, but when things don't go right, just knowing that he's good, even when the world says he's not, even when your circumstances say uh, these are bad things going on. So kind of switching more towards direction, um, I'd like you to shout out, like, what, what practically speaking guides you? guides us in our decision-making. Uh, when you're thinking to get a new job, sell a house, invest in whatever, what, what are actually the things reaching out to make new friends? Like, what, what are the things? I'm not trying to like, do a trick question. Um, <laughs> like, what actually motivates you? Not just like a spiritualized thing, but what are actual the factors that play into the decisions that you make in life? I remember years ago, Paul saying, figure out what makes you glad, figure out what makes you sad, figure out what makes you mad. Mm. And that will kind of direct your passion on what you were wired for. So I come back to that when I'm looking for a path, and I'll go, well, this just aligns with my DNA, mm. who I've been made to be. Mm -hmm. So you kind of set out on that, trusting that God put those things in me. So, And then I love the way he'd always say, you walk it until he says, go a different way, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just confidently go forward, trusting he loves me enough to switch the path if I'm on the wrong one. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Isn't there a scripture that says about he will put the desires in your heart or something? What is it called? Um, yeah. What is it, Nate? You know that. Uh, anyway. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it can be interpreted two different ways, you know. So, but I, I think, like Ann says, you, you, what makes you glad? What's that desire? And then I also think that as you journey, you look at, wow, like for me particularly, and I know other coaches, I didn't get what, well, I, whatever was lacking in my, you know, development as a tennis player. I didn't have the kids, blah, 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 so I know what it feels like not to get that, mm. so I want to give that to a kid. Sure. So it's what was lacking. It's like I'm drawn to those kind of, you know, opportunities. So yeah, that's does that good. make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's like your kind of like uh, journey, you know, is based on the what you lacked. Mm -hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of times kids, like I look at my own kids, sorry, this is, kids not here but you know we were weren't very wealthy growing up 
and they kind of feel that lack. And so they're so driven now to, <laughs> to sure. be successful financially. Mm -hmm. So I'm just thinking that could be part of God's. And of course, you got to pray, Lord, open the door. And if you do, great. If you don't, let's be content where you have me right now. And then he's training you. I always think about Anne. I look at her and Joel training them so much for even mentoring other people who are going to be going through what you guys have gone through. You're just constantly in graduate school, <laughs> you know, so mm. anyway. That's good. Thank you. I love that God's a relational God in that he wants relationship with us, but that he also wants us to have relationship with the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so in those decisions, we're not alone. So obviously we have our prayer and all that kind of stuff, but like corporate prayer and, okay, we're thinking of going in this direction. Those that support us in Christ, what do you think? You know, you pray, you hear, so we don't have to try to hear from God solo. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that, that was part of what I was going to say, too, is that I have learned to not necessarily trust my own ability to hear when emotions are strong. Mm -hmm. So when I have found anyway that when I really want something or really don't want something or I'm really scared or really excited or whatever it is, my emotions make it more difficult for me to hear God because those emotions are so loud, right? And so I have learned to go to other people, like you said. Go, go to people you trust, um, go to friends who know you well, family who knows you well, and share it with them. And be like, this is what I'm feeling or sensing or whatever words you want to use. This is, I, I use words like gravitas. This is what is pulling me. I, I feel this thing or this place pulling me towards it. Is, do you think that's maybe God or do you think it's just me? Is it just wishful thinking? Am I reacting to something emotionally that I shouldn't be? Mm -hmm. um, and they always, you know, and I ask them, hey, don't just tell me what you think off the top of your head. Like, pray about it, think about it, and I'd like to talk to you about it. And that always helps to confirm. Like the Bible says, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, I'll confirm my, my will. Um, and so I found that to be really helpful. And I think that's part of what we are supposed to be to each other as a body of Christ, you know? Absolutely. That's good. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a person who's tortured by vision. And um, I have a pretty good track record, but just like in baseball, you're not always going to get it. If you do, you know, if you hit 300, you're great. But um, we, bu we bought a sailboat, uh, not even knowing how to sail, and, and not a small sailboat, $85,000. And um, my son was born on the sailboat with a midwife. And a crazy life, and we were going to sail it to uh, to Hilo. Is that where the YWAM base is? And we, that was our idea. We're going to sail across the Pacific to YWAM, and then sail to Greece on a Greek-made sailboat. Well, I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And so, I mean, crazy vision and not very realistic, and all that. But you know, that boat ended up bringing. Uh, 50 tons of, of uh, contraband Christian material into the churches of, of Cuba right under Castro and we as a Canadian sailboat right from Key West right there so what God you, I had a vision <laughs> I didn't hear God it was whatever maybe a dream of, that I had 
or whatever. I didn't hear him totally right, but at the end of the day, I held on to it because I knew he spoke that the God was going to use it for his glory. Mm-hmm. And Paul, you were there when it arrived in Los Angeles. And I, I mean, the whole story is like, like uh, crazy, but God, at the end of the day, did amazing things. Yeah. And, and the name of the boat is Emmanuel, God mm-hmm. with us. And our last son, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. Anyway. Thanks for that, Chris. Uh, I actually have some questions. I got the green light. Okay, I should, of all people should know. (laughs) Um, uh, I have questions, actually. So I've heard a lot of great things which corroborate and agree with the initial uh, message. and which I agree with too, but I, you know, I keep going back to like, what about these journeys that are long journeys that you get, you know, I think of the Apostle Paul's, you know, journeys, right? That's that's pretty extreme, the things he went through. Compare, you know, but I, you know, any one of us in modern times has nothing on that, you know. Um, so what about these journeys that are so doggone long that you 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 get blown back and forth here and there that you forget, you know. Wait a minute. What is the journey right now? Have have things changed? Oh well, what I thought was a calling, I'm so far over here now. Is has the calling changed, or is there an expiration date on the calling? How do you discern those things? You know, and then especially when you think, oh, I have, I think this is my calling. You know, because then there's those instances where you got to do something. You don't have the luxury of, you know, think of whatever scenario. You know, you got to move forward, and you're praying, and you're yeah. asking Lord what to do, and you're not getting an answer. And meanwhile, you got to think, well, I got to do, I have to move forward, I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I think of like, you know, I was, I started in the break, I, you know, I started uh, one small example it was just a summer where I got lost on a mountain bike in the middle of the night in the Badlands in North Dakota. Uh, it was supposed to be a race, a hundred mile race, but at this point. I'm not winning it. Let me tell you that, and and uh, and and so it was just a finish, the, the goal, and I was it was with myself and one other guy. And we had lights on, and you know we're gonna finish this doggone thing. And we got the mile markers has suddenly changed, and we're like, wait a minute, are we even on the right track? We wow. lost so much time in the middle of the night in the Badlands, and then my lights scanning off like a hundred yards, and I see some glowing eyes, you know, and the you know. That sort of thing. It was it was a spooky feeling, let me tell you. And um, uh, but that was in this an instance where we went back and forth and retraced steps. Even went down another trail, another trail. We were what confuses you. There's cattle trails all over the place too. You don't know if what if if we're on a bike trail or a cattle trail in the middle of the night too. And so eventually got we rode wound it up wound up riding miles just under the uneasy sense that well we've looked at everything else. This must be the way, hmm. although we don't know. It turns out that it was right, but, you know, so that's just an example of the larger things in life that we, that we go through. And so, again, getting back to the questions of, I guess, ultimately, is discernment, you know, of like, okay, here's your calling and long-term thing, but then what about those situations, too, where, hey, you got, you got to act, you know? And, and we have, you know, we had, the question came about of, like, um, or what makes you happy or whatnot, or, you know, you know, following your, de- determining, yeah, what, what your gifts are, your call, or helping, determining your gifts will help determine one's calling, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, I listen to uh, Jordan Peterson a lot, and he's one of those things says, well, you know, he's a clinical psychologist, so he says, um, well, okay, well, what are the activities? Imagine what your ideal day would look like, and what, what activities would, would comprise your ideal day? And it can't just be leisurely all the time. We've got responsibilities and within reason. And he says, okay, now try to work those into your day. Seems pretty simple, right? Um, so, yeah, you can have responsibilities. You're not going to have anywhere near your ideal day all the time, maybe if even once a week, we're kind of loud, right? Or <laughs> longer. So I think of that, you know, and then now how to balance that in, you know, okay, that's a good gauge, you know. It's not prayerful, but now to be prayerful about that too, you know. So anyway, I'm kind of going all over the place, scatterbrained, but ultimately is, uh, you know, these questions of ultimately discernment, you know. When you think it should Yeah. Well, how do you even know... How do you even know you're on the right track? Well, yeah, yeah. and determining a season oh, then, too, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's... I think... Okay, that's all. Yeah. Can I say something, or do you want to respond to that? I was just going to say, I'm just kind of keeping mind of time. Oh. And uh, I don't want to keep people, I want to respect people's time. I just think those are just such life questions, the life questions of everybody. You know, you're expressing all of us, I think. And, you know, the verse that you said, what is the ultimate? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lead on your own understanding. And, you know, it looks like, you know, God in the Old Testament, man, he was amazing. He showed up in power. He was a cloud you know, guided the Israelites, and he did all these miracles, blah, blah, blah. Did it increase their faith? Zero. So it's like the power of God sometimes in these miracles that he does, it doesn't help our faith. So when God is silent, sometimes I feel like, you know, he's, he, I mean, I don't like it, and I don't like the, the, the darkness either, but he's kind of like going, hey, baby, are you, are you love me, you know? Do you love me? And I'm like, yeah, okay, I love you. You know, it's almost like a little test. I mean, you look at Job and that test that, and that was like a bet between Satan and God, and they use Job as the, the playboy, you know, the play, play guy, you know. But my gosh, that guy was on the close to blaspheming God, this close, but he didn't, you know. And, and there's this cosmic battle between Satan and God, you know. And I think that's what God's doing a lot in every, in every single choice we make of faith. It's like there's rejoicing in heaven, you know, rejoicing in heaven. You know, the lost coin, the lost in all those parables. There's just constant scriptures about faith and trust. And, and I think the journey is, is not easy to be a Christian, right? But it is, again, like you pray, God... Help me make these decisions, right? But oftentimes he's silent, and it's just a, a trust walk. So, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I think that fits into this is uh, one of my favorites, and that's Proverbs sixteen three. This is the Amplified: Roll your works upon the Lord and commit them wholly to Him, mm. and He will cause your thoughts to be in agreement with His will, and then your plans will be established and succeed. Solid. And, and what about the other scripture? Seek the Lord with all... Wait, no. 
Seek, what, knock and your door will be open. Seek and you, you know. I mean, you know how many times I've sought and sought and sought and seeked and traveled to different, how many resumes I've put out and, I mean, years of seeking what the heck is going on. You're stuck in Minnesota in a, a hockey community. I'm a tennis coach, you know. I mean, hockey's huge. Tennis isn't. So what the heck am I doing here, Lord? You know, and I keep seeking and going to different locations to see if he's going to open a door from here or there or whatever for, like, tennis community. But, you know, it hasn't yet. But I'm still seeking and, you know, I'm praying through it like you have. Yeah. Just want to make this really short, but the biggest crisis of my faith, I fasted on a Daniel fast for 60 days when it was time to be done watching my grandchildren after five years. Lord, where do you want them to go? Who's going to take care of them? I got to go back to work. 60-day Daniel fast. And I'd done a lot of fasting. So, I mean, I was just pressing in, confident that whatever was coming next was of God. Very first day that I started work and they went somewhere else, my grandson died in a horrific accident. Huge crisis of my faith going, either I don't hear God, either you're not who you say you are, you're not a nice God. Why would I ever fast and trust you again? I threw my heart and soul into believing you were going to answer my prayers and this was the very best you had. And I had it out with God. And I love that people gave me freedom. Not everybody, but the people who gave me freedom to say, God can take it. He wants to hear your, your truth. So all I can say is take everything, your raw you, to the Lord. I didn't get an answer to that. I won't get an answer to that, this side of heaven. But I had to make a conscious choice. You're either sovereign or you're not. And at the end of the day, I know he's God. And so... I truthfully went through a good long season where I didn't like him very much, and I wasn't sure I could love him again. But I was okay with him being sovereign because I knew my limitations. And I think all of these things, sometimes it's not the journey that matters so much to him, it's the relationship. Are we still facing the sovereign God? Do I get it? No, I still don't get it. And to be honest, the deeper I go, the darker it's gotten. But I know he's still sovereign. So I think the biggest thing is staying connected. Because the enemy wants to take us out. And when you're alone, you're an easy target. So the hugest thing is you've got to stay connected. Because you've got to have the truth spoken into you when you are so weak. We might not ever get the answers to those. And we have to learn to be okay with that. But knowing that he is still mighty and on the throne. And this is only not even the prelude to the whole play. You know, this is just a tiny little bit in the beginning. It's not going to matter someday. Not that it doesn't matter, but it's not, someday it's going to all be okay. And I have to stand on that. That's good. Okay. We're going to let him, we're going to let him uh, finish now. I think... Um, I appreciate what everyone has shared, and people, I think what all of this illustrates is that this whole field of calling and discernment in life, and how we relate to God, how he relates to us, and how we know we're on the track or not, and, and what we do when life doesn't go right, um, is just a, is a huge topic, and we've only, like literally even in my notes, only gone a little bit. Um, and so, how about part two? Yeah, I think there's got to be 
whether it's me or someone else, there, there should be a continuation because, for example, the things I have left is the problem of pain. How do we find contentment when we just want to be out of our present circumstances? How open are we to the idea of change? What do we do when life is hard? How do we get on course and become confident that we have stayed on course? Uh, what are you seeking? What breakthrough do you desire in your life? Um, all things that I think have kind of touched on certain things that people have brought up. Um, and so I think all this to say is, uh, in a nutshell, like the grit of life really can, can rattle our faith and uh, the journey that God calls us on is not always necessarily going to be one of, of ease or of bliss, um, but being able, I think, both when it's difficult and when it's just sky-high amazing, the most important part is having that, that relationship um, with him being, being first and foremost. And if he's the good shepherd, like how can we be a good sheep? How can we know his voice well? How can we know his shadow when he walks by to follow him? How can we know uh, the essence that God brings? Um, and there's that verse in, in Acts of it seemed good to us and, it, and to the Holy Spirit uh, to make this decision. Sometimes it's not going to be, I mean, I wish it was written in the sky, like go to such and such or quit this job or do this. Um, but I, again, I think it's that, that verse speaks a lot to me of um, when you know God well, just like you know your spouse, you know your parent, you know probably where they're at with something, right? And like if we have that relationship, that, that intimacy with God well, uh, you know it's going to be where he's at with something, uh, even if you have an inkling, and, and following that, um, based on that experience, based on that relationship of trust, and then going, going forward with that. Um, so no, we didn't, we didn't clean this up well, <laughs> and we didn't get through it far at all, um, but I'm so appreciative. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I'm so appreciative of all those who have given feedback and input, and uh, I don't want those questions that have been raised that have not been addressed to, to just remain forever unaddressed, um, but maybe in some capacity they, they can be going further. Um, can I? Yeah. So can I just leave you with a, a blessing from the book of Hebrews? This will be the closing. This will be a good closing. And then, yeah, feel free if you want to, those who can, can continue to, to discuss. So receive this benediction. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen.